Welcome, friends. You are listening to the podcast for First Christian Church in Fort Myers, Florida. To learn more, join us online at fccfm.org. It is a blessing to be able to share God's Word with you today. Thanks for joining us. Welcome to week two of Zip It. If you're watching online, if you're joining us, thanks for joining us in the room. Always good to see you and uh, to see new faces back each week and new faces for the first time. Uh, if you're joining us on Way FM, thanks for listening this morning. I hope this week, since it's week two, that during the week you heard that phrase, zip it. Maybe you heard it from a spouse who loves you. Hopefully you heard it from God's spirit that dwells in you, that right when you started to say something you shouldn't, you heard God whisper, zip it, zip it, zip it. Or if you're like me, a couple times you heard it a little too late. And you said it, and then you realize, oh, man, Matt just talked about that last week. I need to zip it. And so that's the journey we're on. We're trying to learn. And, and this week, we're talking about lying. And, and I don't even want to ask you to raise your hand, because I have a feeling if I said, how many of us are liars? Most of us, it's not something we think of ourselves as. And yet the reality is, we know the truth about lying. And we lie much more than we think we do. And so uh, University of Massachusetts did a study and, and they found that 60% of people, when they meet somebody new and they have, start that conversation, will, will lie in the first 10 minutes to make the person think better of you, to, you know, just to impress them in some way, you'll fudge on the truth in the first 10 minutes. So it'll be a nine-minute sermon this morning. And uh, so, <laughs> USA Today did a study and found 91% of Americans say that they lie regularly. And 34% say they're good at it and that. So it's just, it's a part of our culture and we don't want it to be uh, a part of who we are. So there's some things uh, I want us to, to learn this morning as we live in this culture, which I think our culture is more conducive to lying than ever before. I mean, it's only been five years that we've had the term fake news. You know, and to the point that five years ago, that began to be something that showed up and that term showed up that you can't trust and sometimes news is intentionally given and, and it's just messed with us, hadn't it? I mean, there is an angst in us that we didn't used to have about who can I trust? Who can I not trust? What, what information can I trust? What can I not trust? And so we just wanna work through that this morning to make sure that we're trust, trustworthy. Uh, four or five things I want us to do this morning. One, I want us to see how important truth is to God. I want us to see how destructive lying is when we lie. I want us to understand Satan's scheme, the steps that he takes to, to draw us into lying. And then I want us to see some steps that we take when we come to the point of understanding that lying can be a part of who we are and we want to move ahead. Uh, we're gonna look at some scripture first uh, about that and, and uh, start in the Old Testament, actually. And it helps us understand also the reason that we lie. I mean, if, if you ask somebody, uh, or if you've ever been caught in a lie, I'm sure it's none of you, it's probably you know last service. I'm so glad we have two services because I can do that now. You know, nobody lies in the 1030 service, but that nine o'clock service, I tell you what. Uh, but I said the same thing about you last hour. Uh, if you ask somebody, if you ask your kids, why did you lie? And we'll make it, well, we try to justify it. I was just trying to protect a friend or I was just that. But you know the underlying fear of all of our, or the underlying reason of all of our lies? It's fear. 
We're afraid somebody won't like us enough. We're afraid we're gonna get in trouble. We're afraid we're gonna miss out on something. We're, we're afraid, and so because we're afraid that there might be something uh, happen to us or we'll miss something, so we lie because we think that's our best, best choice way to get what we want. But the Bible talks about that. Proverbs, the sixth chapter, says there are six things God hates. Guess what one of them is? You guys are sharp. Lying. He hates lying. You know, in Proverbs 12, 22, it says God detests lying lips, but he delights in those who tell the truth. That, that detest word in Hebrew is toabah, and what it means is something bothers you so much that you throw up. When we lie, it makes God puke. That's what the scripture's saying. It's that that's how much God, it bothers him so much, his spirit, when we lie. He detests it, but he delights in those who tell the truth. In John 8, Jesus said, talking about the truth, he said, the truth will set you free, which we begin to understand when we understand the bondage of lying. Man, you ever tell a lie and then you forget? And because what's the old thing? Once you tell a lie, you have to what? You have to tell another one. You know, you have to tell another one. And then you're kind of like, wait, I, I don't remember, did I say that? You know, and somebody reminds you, yeah, well, you said one time, well, it must be true if I said it. You know, we just, we just get caught up in that. And, and Jesus made the point of when we commit to the truth, when we understand what lying is and we commit to the truth, there's a freedom in that. There's a peace in that. And there's a joy in that. Paul was writing to the church in Ephesians. And in the fourth chapter, he was talking to the church about their old nature and then who they're supposed to be in Christ. And he's, he talks about how we used to be. And uh, he starts in verse 21. He says, since you heard about Jesus, so since you've heard about Jesus, things should be different, and you've learned the truth that comes from him, then throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and your attitudes. Put on a new nature created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. And then we say, well, how do you do that? Verse 25, so stop telling lies. He makes it pretty simple. He said, you want to be new in Christ and stop, stop telling the lies that you told, whether it was to defend your actions or to justify something that you, you know was wrong, but just stop telling lies. He did the same thing to a church in Colossae when he wrote to them. The whole third chapter of Colossians is this comparison of Life in darkness, life in light. Following God, not following God. And there in verse seven, he says, you used to do these things. And he gets this list of all these terrible things. He said, you used to do these things when your life was still part of this world, but now it's time to get rid of them. In verse nine, he says, don't lie to each other. It's just how you have to begin this process, this journey. Revelation 22 it's talking about the end times. It talks about judgment, talks about in heaven. And then it makes this point toward the very end of the Bible. It says, oh, and there's some people that won't be there. You know, and we all like our big, big uh, sins, don't we? We have like, what are the top sins? You know, and we go, well, uh, you know, adultery and murder and, and all that sexual morality. And he, he lists those three. He also sorcery, which, it, you know, stinks for Harry Potter. You know, those sorcerers won't be in heaven. But then he says, guess what? Lying. One of the big ones. He said, people who live a lie won't be in heaven. God, God so much wants us to be people of integrity because it makes such a difference in the world around us. So what's it mean to lie? What's the definition of lying? The one I found this week that I like, it says to speak or not to speak with the intent to deceive. 
Sometimes we try to get ourselves off the hook, don't we? Well, well, I didn't lie. I mean, I, I didn't, you know, I knew some things, but I didn't tell them, you know, and we think we're so clever. Years ago, because I've not lied in years, <laughs> I just lied, see, and you didn't even catch it. Years ago, we sold our first house, and uh, short story, we had moved to another city about an hour and a half away, and we couldn't sell it, so we rented it out, and the renters destroyed it, so a year later, I'm fixing it up on my day off trying to sell it again. And as I go down to try to, to fix it up, there's a crawl space under the house, and the, the door was open, and I see a dog run under there. So then every time I went, every week, I tried to sneak around and get that door closed with the dog out, but she was faster than me. So I'm like, okay, I fixed everything else, put it in realtor's hands, they sold it. Back then when you went to closing, you went to closing with the buyer. You're sitting across the table from each other. Very uncomfortable, you know, closing time. So we sat there and the people at closing go, hey, did you know there was a dog under the house? It's amazing that things can run through your mind. I said, a dog? She said, yeah, and, and it had a litter of pups. I said, pups? And she said, yeah, we got it out though. And we called the animal control. They got it and found a home for them. I said, well, good. But it bothered me because when I left, at first I thought I was really clever. But then I realized, no, I'm a liar because I knew something. And I tried to cover it up. Why? Because I was afraid. Afraid I might lose a sale. Afraid they might say, well, you're lazy. Why didn't you get the dog out of there? Or oh, oh, you're stupid. Why didn't you call animal control? That's what we did. I mean, there's just so many things we're afraid of. That So sometimes our lying will be we say something, but sometimes we just quiet. Somebody wants to buy a car from us, a used car. Anything wrong with it? Nothing I can think of. You know, just little things we don't say that, that are lies. So anytime our intent is to deceive by something we say or don't say, it's a lie. John 8, Jesus is talking about Satan. And he says this about him. He's always hated the truth because there's no truth in him. When he lies, it's consistent with his character for he is a liar and he is the father of lies. Most of us are way too more bilingual than we think we are because we speak the language of Satan. And when I lie, I'm speaking his language. Years ago when I was in college, Linda Lettington was in my class and she was the first deaf mute to go to seminary at Cincinnati. And so she ran around with a group of friends I ran around with. And so I got pretty good at sign language because we all communicated with Linda. And when we were someplace, we would talk and we would understand. We got where we could understand what she was saying. And we learned a few signs. And, and it was good communication. But then graduated and moved and it wasn't in a case where I was using that. And, you know, thank you is about all I got now, you know, when it comes to sign language. Same thing 10 years ago when we had our Hispanic ministry here. Uh, by, by daily spending time with our Hispanic pastors, I got pretty good at Spanish. Mostly I could listen to a conversation and catch the gist of it with what they were saying. And I could say a few words to respond and I knew how to communicate a little bit. But they've been gone seven or eight years. And now when somebody says, do you speak Spanish? The only word I got is boquito. <laughs> Very little, you know, just muy boquito is, is about all I got. Listen, if we speak the language of Satan, the more we speak it, the more fluent will we become. And the more we're around people that speak his language, the more fluent we will become in lying. And it's what Satan wants. See, here, here's the method Satan uses. Here, here's how he gets us. First, he speaks lies. He just wants us to listen. 
just wants to listen to the lies. But then he knows we're sucked in when we repeat them. Sometimes just to ourselves, sometimes to somebody else. Because if we repeat them, pretty soon we'll be living them. Now you think about since the beginning of time how he does that. So Eve knows she's not supposed to eat the fruit. What's Satan do? He shows up right as she's walking by the fruit. That's good looking fruit, isn't it? Yeah, but God said don't eat it. You think he really meant that? He's just speaking the lies, just letting her listen. We don't know how many days that took. Speaking the lies. What happens next? She says, hey, Adam, it's good looking fruit, isn't it? She starts repeating the lies. What happens next? They're living the lie. And that's the process he uses with all of us. We'll hear, we'll, we'll be tempted with something we'll, we'll, in our brain. We'll think to ourselves, or we'll, we'll hear Satan whisper, you know, everybody else does it. It's not that bad. Nobody's going to know. You're not really cheating the government. They misspend your money anyway. Nobody's going to know. They, they've collected tax on that car five times. Write down the wrong number. Write down a lesser number. They don't need your money. Satan will whisper the lies, and the next thing you know, he loves when we start repeating the lies. Well, that's not really a sin in this culture. That's not so bad. We all know somebody who does that or who thinks that, who believes that. It's not really that bad. The next thing you know, we're living it. And that's the process he uses to suck us in. Because Satan's goal is to become a blockade between us and God. That's his whole goal. With Adam and Eve, since the beginning of time, the father of life, he just wants to be a barrier between us and God. So he knows the minute that he starts speaking a lie to us, and the minute we start speaking it, and then we start believing it, suddenly we're not really listening to God very much. Because we're listening to the lie, and we're dealing with the guilt, and we're dealing with the fear, because now we're living a lie. And Satan is successful. And he does that before we're believers, and he does it after we're believers. Before we're a believer, we hear things like, you don't need God, that's for sissies, that's for weak people. You're better, I mean, you know some of those hypocrites that go to church? Really? You think you need to go to church? You're better than they are. And we hear those kind of lies, and we repeat them and go, I don't need God, I don't need to go to church, I don't, you know, I, I, and we just, we start repeating them and we start living in them. And then we realize how much we need God because there's no freedom in lying, but there's freedom in truth. So we begin to follow God, but what does Satan do then? He still whispers to us, you don't have time to read your Bible. Memorize scripture? Man, that's for missionaries. Pray? You don't have time to pray. Be generous? I mean, he whispers to us constantly because anytime he can step us away from the story that God wants to write for us, for the truth that God wants to write for us, for God wanting delight in those who are truthful, anytime he can step us out of that and knows that we take the pen out of God's hand and go, yeah, I know God says this, but this is what I want to do, he knows we now have this blockade between us and God. Probably most of us had, can remember, if we're not living in it right now, a dry time in our walk with God. That's what we call it. That's church. I'm just in the wilderness, just kind of dry between me and God. You know why? It's because you've been listening to the wrong voice. Because God says, man, be in my word. There's truth. And we go, yeah, but I don't have time. You know? and, and then we wonder why. And Satan whispers to us, you, you know, it's okay. You don't have to read your, you don't have to do, it's okay. And we go, yeah, it is. And then we wonder why there's this blockade between us and God. Satan is a liar, and when we follow his lies, it destroys us. 
It separates us from God. So what are we gonna do? Well, there's some things we need to know that the Bible tells us about lying. Number one, we just have to be aware. Well, I, I, guess, I guess one is, we just need to call a lie a lie. <laughs> you know, we like to justify our lies, don't we? Well, I was just trying to keep a friend out of trouble. You know, and, and I was just trying to, I was just, I was just, you know, we, we justify it, you know. The, like the little kid with icing on their face. Did you eat the cupcake? Billy gave it to me. You know, we try to justify everything, every lie that we tell. But when we do that, what we are saying is, I don't believe that God is powerful enough to honor truth. I'm afraid of a consequence that I might suffer, so I will lie because I want to be in control of the consequences instead of saying, God, you honor truth. And you reward truth and you delight in truth. And this one may cost me, but I'm going to tell the truth. And I will trust you. There's a great example of that. We all pretty familiar with who Corey Tinboom was. And her sister Betsy and, and the great book, The Hiding Place. And, and uh, all that they did to help Jews during the time when, when the Germans were, were killing them. And, but a little part of the story we don't know. And this doesn't take away from what Corey and Betsy did. But Corey had an older sister named Nolly. You can look it up. Nolly Tinboom. And... Nolly and Corey disagreed a little bit, butted heads. Nolly was the older sister, but Nolly did not believe that you lied to people, that you could justify that. And she was a pretty stickler for the truth. And so she told Corey, we're also going to hide Jews, but we will not lie about it because I will not tell my kids there's sometimes you can lie and there's sometimes you can't. There's nothing that justifies that. So she told, and she said, plus my kids know that lying's wrong and it would be on their face if they tried to lie, the, the Germans would know they're lying. So we're just gonna tell the truth and trust God. Well, sure enough, the Germans come to Nolly's house. They knock on the door. They say, are there Jews here? And they ask her daughter, the little girl, and she goes, yes. And they said, where are they? They said, they're under the table. The Germans come in and they lift up the tablecloth and they look and they go, silly little girl, and they leave. But under the table, under the rug, under the trap door, under the floor... There were Jews. You know, Corey and Betsy went to concentration camp. Nolly never did. But she continued to hide Jews throughout the war. Sometimes, actually all the time, anytime I try to justify my lying, I am saying, God, I don't trust you enough to honor the truth and that you will protect me, that you will honor me, that you'll provide for me if I tell the truth. Justification of a lie is, is, means we don't trust in God. Number two, I mean, we are called to be different. And, and that passage in Ephesians and that passage is in Colossians, one of the things that we will both be most different to the world is if we're honest. You ever do something honest? Most of you probably have done this. Something honest and have people freak out about it? Like it's the, the best thing since, what's, what do old people say? Sliced bread? Yeah, something like that. It's like, you know, they go, you're kidding me. You go, hey, I found this, this $10 outside and it's not mine. Maybe somebody, what? You know, hey, you gave me too much change. Man, we, we were uh, up in North Carolina this summer and, and a bunch of us ordered food. Some of it didn't come. I went back up to the gal and I said, hey, we've got to go. <clears throat> this never came. Can you just get my money back? It's like 9 or $10 or something. She said, sure. And then she's trying to figure it out and she can't. She goes, Man, the whole bill was $90. I'm just gonna give you the $90 back and, and you pay me the $9 or something. I'm like, babe, you don't wanna do that. <laughs> just give me $9. And 
She goes, but I'm like, no, you trust me. At the end of the day, you'd be sorry if you gave me $90 and tried to go back through all that again because you're gonna be short about $80. You know, just give me $9. And then she's like, oh, thank you. I would have been so much trouble. You know, and people get so, they get so amazed, but that's the whole point. If as Christ followers, our integrity, our honesty is so important to us that we are willing to take a hit if we need to or we'll give things up but instead, the world looks at us and they see us as the people who, oh, I don't know. I don't want to do anything that hits home too, too much. But they'll see us as the people that walk into a hotel and say, do you give AAA discounts even though we don't have AAA? Yeah, that's a bit deceptive. You know? Oh, do you give ARP discounts? Yeah. Well, we don't tell them we're not ARP members. We just hope we get the discount. Or we get a roof put on our house three or four years after a hurricane because a roofer told us they could file it under hurricane insurance and we'd get a free roof even though the hurricane did no damage to our roof. Ouch, that one hurts a little bit. You know, we have all kinds of ways if we're not careful that we can get sucked in and speak the language of Satan. But if we commit to be people of integrity and truth, then we'll make a difference. Number three, we need to choose the source of truth. If you've been around here very long or if you've been to one of our Discover lunches, we tell you the answer to most every question here is what does the Bible say? That's our truth. What does the Bible say? It doesn't matter what Gary thinks. doesn't matter what you, it's what does the Bible say? And that is how we need to, to process and to hold ourselves accountable to what God wants us to do. What does the Bible say about truth? And even in the journey to be people of truth, what does the Bible say? Paul, in that letter to the church in, uh, in Ephesus, in Ephesians, when you get over to the sixth chapter, he tells them how important this is. In fact, in the sixth chapter, he starts out, he says, finally be strong in the Lord and his mighty power, put on all the armor of God, so you may be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. Why? Because devil's a liar. And what's he want you to do? He wants you to lie. He wants to suck you into that. So what, what do you do? He said, well, I remind you, our struggle's not against flesh and blood, but it's against the rulers and against the authorities and against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you've done everything, to stand. And then he tells us the process in verse 14. He says, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. He said, you want to know how to fight Satan? You want to know how not to speak his language? You want to know how to be a light, how to be different? You want to know how to be the person that God wants you to be, to be the person that delights in the truth? It starts with the belt of truth. Every morning I get up and I say, okay, God, we're going to go today and there's going to be some spiritual battle. You've told me about that. How do I fight the battle? Well, it starts with truth. Buckle up. It's the first thing. Everything hinges on it. Everything else hangs on it. I put on the belt of truth. I can't wear the breastplate of righteousness if I don't put on the belt of truth. I can't count on the shield of faith if I don't put on the belt of truth. I can't count on the, the sword of the spirit, the word of God to fight for me if I'm not wearing the belt of truth. But it's the starting point of everything. When I say I will be truthful, I will be a person of integrity, I will honor God, why? Because he delights in people that tell the truth. Then I can walk through the day and say, Satan has no victory. I don't have to listen to the lies. When Satan says, you're not good enough. You're not good enough. You can never measure up. I can say, well, I know that's a lie because God tells me I am. Truth is, I'm his child. I'm redeemed. I'm I'm, I can, let me speak the truth from this instead of the lies of Satan. 
And so if I buckle up with the belt of truth, then there's nothing Satan can say against me. Everything hangs on the belt. The fourth thing we need to do, we will be good at truth when we start practicing truth. When we start practicing truth is when we get good at it. It's just like we, could, we become fluid in lying. When we lie, we can be fluent in truth. It would be great to look back and say, man, I was in a bad habit of lying. I was exaggerating. I was a storyteller. I was, you know, I, I, I embellished a lot of stuff. And, you know, I knew I was getting a couple laughs on this story. So I pitched in a couple other things just to make it a little better. And you go, did you need to? No, but I did. Well, then you're a liar. But when I start speaking truth and become fluent in it, So let me give you two steps to make that happen. Number one, we need to confess our lies to God because he forgives them. Forgiveness happens when we confess and we need to be honest. We gotta quit lying, quit being afraid, quit trying to cover it up, quit trying to justify it and say, God, this is a lie. This part of my life, this that I said, this that I pretended, this this is a lie and I don't want to speak the language of Satan. I want to speak the language of God. So we confess because he says he's faithful to forgive. The second thing is to find a friend and confess to them. Find a friend, a good friend. Because we can confess to God for forgiveness, but you know what? When we say it out loud to a friend, there's healing. Healing begins to happen because the last hold that Satan has on us is fear. And when there's secrecy, there's fear. And we say, man, there's this lie and I pretend like nobody knows it and I hide it and all that and we lose sleep at night and it bothers us and there is a, an anxiousness in that and Satan has no hold on us when there is not secrecy. And so find a friend, somebody you trust and say, listen, I've been living a lie in this area and I just need you to pray for me. I need accountability. And you'll be amazed the minute you speak it, the freedom that you have in truth. Jesus said you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. When we confess to God, he forgives. When we confess to to one another, we're healed. And God says, I delight in people that tell the truth. This week, it's my prayer that the moment a thought of a lie enters your mind, that God's spirit just speaks boldly to you and says, zip it, zip it. Don't think about it. Don't go there. You know you're going to regret it. Be a person of truth. And I pray if we're not aware of some lies we've been living, that God makes us aware of those. Because God delights in people that tell the truth. Let's pray. God, I thank you for your word. Thank you for your spirit and the strength. God, I thank you that you tell us exactly how to walk with you. And so, God, in the morning when we get up, we're going to buckle up. We're going to put on the armor. We'll put on that belt of truth first and we'll walk through the day in a way that honors you and defeats Satan. He has no hold on us when we are in you. Thank you for that truth and for that power. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. We pray this message has been a blessing to you. If we can pray for you or encourage you in any capacity, please let us know at FCCFM.org.